And I think anybody who was watching that game and may have turned it off or just continued had kind of seen that script uh, for a Ranger loss happening before their eyes. And like I said, may have turned it off or gone elsewhere. I know a few people shut it off. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, it was almost shut off. Where they, I mean, they were they got horribly outshot in the first period. It was the first period, right? It was like eighteen to five or something. That's crazy. Yeah, they only then, had they only had they only had six shots. Uh, like seven minutes into the second period, they only had six or seven yeah. shots. Still, I mean, it, it was the offense was a no show. You get Chris Kreider taking a stupid ass penalty. Another. Somebody better have a talk with that kid. It's stupid. He's too valuable on the ice to take that stupid of a penalty, and he's getting a rep, and they're going to call him on it. That was a bad play. I don't know if it was dirty. It just was unnecessary. So that kid better and, – and they better talk to him. I'm I'm very unhappy with that. And, you know, whether you want to say it, if it was one of our guys gotten that, the hit like that, we would have been calling it dirty. Yes, that's that exactly what I said to – That's exactly what I said to Justin during the game because he said there was there was nothing wrong with it. Oh, the reps are out. The screw was like bullshit. If that was a ranger that went into the boards like that, we'd be down there with the pitchforks and boiling oil. Stop exactly. it. Exactly. Stop looking with the Ranger colored glasses. Right. Be objective. They call that now. This is what they're trying. This is what they're trying to nip in the bud. And it was unnecessary. It was uncalled for. And it was a stupid play by Crider. I don't want to rain on anybody's parade about this great victory. It surely was. They showed a lot of heart in coming back. I'm, I'm happy that DeClaire got his first goal. I'm happy that Zuccarello got his first goal. The Duke and Zook show. All right, I'm happy about that. I'm pleased as punch. All right? And then, John Moore, when we got basically a patchwork defense back there, he he must be frustrated because I can't remember. I'm trying to remember the last time a Ranger really gave a dirty hit like that, where it was just blatantly like, I'm pissed off. Nothing's going our way. I'm just going to, you know, give a forearm shim to, you know, I'm going to just elbow the shit out of that guy. And he got five games, and deservedly so. It was a dirty play. Care less about the Minnesota Wild. As a matter of fact, I forgot the guy's name he hit. I don't care. I just knew that it it was going to result in five minutes, and then Morse kicked out of the game. We get the match penalty. And now it's uh, it's already like, uh, you know, uh, the pill bottle defense as far as they shake it up. You don't know who's pairing with oh, who. Who was stolen Girardi to start the game. Now you got no more. Now it's Klein and no more. No uh, John Moore. And then you got, uh, now you got Klein and Hunwick. You don't know what's going on. Now Hunwick played pretty decently in that game. He, this is good offensive things. But now... Five games. Who are they going to put in there now? They're going to play Costco to Crazy Greek now? God help us. We should have had a song tonight. 
John Moore, <laughs> no more. Oh, you sit at the five games. Uh. <laughs> Stefan Kital says bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe at next next show. <laughs> Del Cascazano. <clears throat> so. But that that game was playing out as just a, a, a Ranger typical early in the week garden crowd where nobody's into it. The Rangers aren't into it. But then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. The team minutes the Wild hadn't given up more than two goals in any game. Sam, I know you watched the Minnesota feed. But Sam no, and Joe were Rangers. Oh, you watch the Rangers. Yeah. They yeah. were heralding them and this and that. And blah, blah, blah. I couldn't name four guys on Minnesota. Oh, six six goals in six games, Joe. I mean, I follow hockey. Uh, you know, Jason Spurgeon. I mean, come on. Yeah, like like a Spurgeon. Spurgeon. <laughs> I mean, I, I bet you could name I didn't know. Parisi, Parise. Ryan Suter. Need a rider. Who else? Your favorite. Need a rider. You don't need a rider. Yeah. You don't need a rider. The goalie, Camper, Backstrom, Derek Hugard, (laughs) Marion Gabrick. Who else? Who am I forgetting? Yeah. Who else? (laughs) So, they're they're a decent team. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But the Rangers just—I mean—they hung in there. They didn't give up. Derek Broussard, Nash had another big game. Justin is looking like a genius. I mean, we basically hung him on the cross, making fun of him, saying that—I uh, mean, Justin, not Jason. Justin, we hung him on the cross for saying that Nash would have a forty, fifty goal season. Well, he's got nine already. I think Corey Perry is the only one who has more. I see Nash. Involved, I see Nash. I don't understand. I don't understand why why this didn't happen last year. They said he didn't come. He wasn't in shape last year. Well, how are you a professional athlete come to a season not in shape? I don't know. Ask Charles Barkley. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. That's how a rare thing to... that you hear in hockey, though. Well, then we heard it about Brad Richards too two years ago. And, uh, you know, I don't know how you try to okey-doke it in New York. Even in hockey, the people watch it, mostly the people in this chat room and us. Yeah, the show. Pepperidge Farm remembers. No, we're watching. We're watching you. That's right. But then uh, I was very impressed. I thought Henrik made some really key saves after the Rangers. Uh, I think the telling point to me that, wow, is when the Rangers made it 3-2, and then Minnesota scored right away. The old, the other team is going to score before our goal is announced. You know, that trick. Can we <laughs> actually <laughs> enjoy the celebration? <laughs> and then and it's, score! It's so, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I, I noticed that when that happened, when when they made it 3-2 to two and then really quick it was 4-2. to two. Uh, Oh, uh, why am I drawing a blank now on what is Is it Joe Tolleson? Is that his name, the PA announcer yeah, at the guard? Yeah. He's a yep. Rangers goal scored by number 
16, Derek Broussard, assisted, bit, 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 and then it's, right, like, as soon as he's done speaking, Minnesota Wild goal scored by, <laughs> you know, he's, like, kind of yeah. changed his tone. <laughs> it's well, like, as soon as he's done. That happened a lot in the Tortorella era. And it hasn't helped happen that much because the defense has been so good until, you know, now they, I'm very worried about the defense. I'm very worried about it. And I, I don't want to, like, again, I don't want to be Debbie Downer. I want to. Be, I was exuberant after that. I know a lot of people were watching the World Series or uh, football. I don't know what was going on that night. I only watched the hockey. I know I looked in the paper. I thought I was going to see on the back page, you know, Rangers five goals in third, epic win. I say, no. oh, uh, no. I, I see Gino. Gino is in the doghouse or whatever. I don't know, whatever. But Gino said, who gives a shit? They won in 35. <laughs> the most talked about thing. The most talked about thing in New York. They stink. <laughs> who cares? It's a, they're an epic failure. Stop wasting my time. I want to forget about it. Take me to the draft and the, the number one or two pick. Oh yeah, because they're so good with number. They're so good with their first round picks. I wouldn't be so anxious for the draft to get here if I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> listen, it's better. What do you got to root for now? I don't even watch the games. Who wants to watch the game? Why are you surprised by this? We saw this last season. The, the, the media doesn't care about the Rangers until April, at a minimum. And then everybody's a fan. Oh, look at the celebrity fans at the game. Look at they, they, Oh, they're so popular. First, look at the double-decker bus going down Broadway with all the real fans in it. Horseshit. Like, it's Cuba I mean, Gooding it's, Jr. There's still a payment. You can, Cheetah gets more coverage than the Rangers still. He's a Yankee. And now the Knicks, tonight's opening night for the Knicks. For the Knicks. Who cares? So the Rangers, the Rangers are back to fourth on the list at best. The Knicks, please. I, I still don't know what a Knickerbocker is, but that's just me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going through the page. And even, because you know, I got Newsday. I'm out here on Long Island, so I got to deal with that, you know. And actually, the Rangers get more coverage in news, I guess, because maybe because Dolan owns that too as well. They got a big, at least four pages in, Rangers with five goal rally, you know, big letters. Islanders, little four, two paragraphs. Ryan big Strom. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Strom looks good. Defenseman pitching in with offense. You know, something stupid like that. Something that idiot that uh, we had on the show, what was the guy? Couldn't take the Islanders jokes. Off the staple. Oh. Oh, what a guess. Can take a couple <laughs> jokes about the island. <laughs> yeah, off the staple in his byline, a paragraph of how the great Nicoletti is leading them to a championship. Did we talk about on our so, fifth anniversary show that he he was our – were we in agreement that he was the worst guest we've ever had? Yes. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought we – the most unnecessary guest was Joe Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> he played like 20 games as a Ranger. And I like, I think even he was questioning why we were interviewing him. Wait until we get Peter Fiorentino on the show. Oh, that guy was a Binghamton Ranger. Like four independently minutes. I could talk about some fights with him at least. 
<laughs> yeah, everybody tweet the author staple and tell him that uh, he was the worst uh, <laughs> guest ever. <laughs> so, uh, and I looked at the New York papers, and you're right. Nobody gives a crap about the Rangers until football and baseball is gone. And I could give a crap about baseball. So, anyway, it was a big victory by the Rangers. It was terrific. Broussard came up clutch. Uh, you know, they faced some adversity, and they came through this, you know. So it did raise my hopes, but I just I feel like we don't have an identity. Jim, is it too much of me to expect an identity this soon with so much turnover? No, you know, I think. Well, I think the I, I think the they've got a little bit of an identity as far as being resilient. I think you can look at that. I mean, this is now, I think, three games this year that they've come back and won when they were down two goals. So let's not forget, since the last time we were on, they came back from two two goals down in the third period against the Devils and then got the game winner from Phoebe in OT. So, you know, look, winning winning is how you build an identity. And until they start winning consistently and playing consistently, you know, but they got to get – I mean, their defense – I don't know which. I mean, just I guess we'll, we'll continue. The, what's well, that? Josh said it in the chat room. Josh Kimball's every time the puck's in our zone, he's terrified, and me too. Yeah, I don't know what to expect. And it's it's not just it's not just one or two defensemen. It's 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 all of them. You know, if I had to pick who our best defenseman is so far this season, it might be Kevin Klein. It might be. I mean, most consistent. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Mistakes, but at least, McDonough's made some mistakes, but he at least will make up for them in most cases. Yeah, but I think I think Klein maybe has been the most consistent. Uh, and I'm sorry, people could tell me all they want about uh, got to get a got to get Mark Stahl a contract. Mark Stahl stinks. Stinks. He struggle. He stinks. You know, I, I'm not handing this guy another Girardi contract. No. Because we have not seen I, – I mean, we have seen – Mark Stahl, has, since he came back from that, that injury, he's played well in stretches, but he has not been the same consistent player that he was before the concussion or before the, the hit from his brother that gave him the concussion. He's not been the same player. He's had stretches, and we've come on the air, and we've said, wow, he finally looks like the Mark Stahl of old. He's getting back, at, and then he's, he disappears again, or just bad plays. He, he, he stinks right now. Well, I, I think he's suffering a little bit, not just with the injury. This, I think it's twofold. I think one of it, these guys are getting older, and these forwards who are coming at you, to forecheck on you, are faster and faster. This is the way the game has evolved. As if they're on you night after night. And Girardi, and I agree, I, I, I kind of agreed when, I, when it happened. It really came down, to, if you look at it, whether they want to keep Girardi or Callahan. You know, back when they were handing out the contracts, they started to part ways with Callahan, and, you know, they got Martin St. Louis for it, and that's still up for debate whether that 
trade long term, but you know we did hear things that Callahan was displeased. But if he and this is you know I probably I didn't think Girardi deserved the money then, and he is not getting any younger. Stahl is not getting any younger, and the other part of it is Stahl had Strawman last year, who we all have said was the second best defenseman last year. Yeah, you look at Strawman. Strawman's logging twenty twenty five minutes with Tampa Bay. I mean, I haven't watched any games. I've seen a couple stats, you know, here and there. He might be first line pairing. Who knows? So, uh, uh, I think with uh, he might be. I don't know if he was. that Headman is out. Maybe he's. But, you know, well, that's he's probably say with Headman out. Yeah. By the way, Brian Boyle got two goals. You know, I hope hope so that. Against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, anyway, going to see them yeah. this week against the Islanders, by the way. Well, break up the Isles. Coyotes and Icelanders. Yeah, you know what it is? Yeah, I, I know what a lot of people say, and Strowman should have gotten the Girardi contract. Girardi has a body of work. Where they, listen, I know the work wasn't so great in the playoffs last year, but and Girardi had an inconsistent season last year. You know, we certainly uncovered that before anybody has or had. You know, we're all watching the games here. Don't try to fool us with you. You know, they're the best. Uh, you know, McDonough and Girardi are the best shutdown defenseman. You know, McDonough kind of was, but Girardi wasn't. Uh, no, but Girardi two years ago, three years ago, I mean he was really good. But you gotta, yeah, you gotta, uh, and I really feel that the defense and the lack of development, and because they rolled the dice with McElrath, and it looks like they've lost. <laughs> ball, 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 ball. <laughs> I mean, that's what they did. Get the, you get the sound. The, I mean, that's it. New York Rangers select Dylan McElrath. <laughs> Play the thing. <laughs> oh boy, your boy. Oh, come on. I mean, Connor Allen looks serviceable, but let's not, uh, you know, let's not get crazy. Not to look like the crazy. I mean, they got who's a the lot other, of uh, Who's the other college guy? They said? Matt Bodie? Yeah, these little guys interchangeable eighth <laughs> defensemen. Let's put them in the sixth position. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, and uh, so they're paying the price, and I got a feeling, and, and it's like there were some earlier, I don't know if you caught wind of this, and, you know, if you want to move on from this topic. I know this is straying from the review of the game, but this all played into what I was thinking because, you know, I, I flip out. I watch the games, I'm thinking about three years down the road. It's like, why just I can't just enjoy the game? I'm sitting there go, you can't trade defensemen who are declining for defensemen that have some upside. 
So some Ranger fans are like, oh, Rangers should try to get Tyler Myers. And oh, I'm I saw like, that. That was on our board. Yeah, and I'm like, first of all, Tyler Myers makes like $5.5 million. Where are you going right. to get the money from? Well, you trade Stahl. Well, why would they take Stahl, who's a free agent, that they might not sign, even if they wanted him, Right. That has completely no upside, who's declining. For Tyler Myers, who's been an underachiever so far since he won the Rookie of the Year, he's big, but he's not physical, which you know the fans will destroy him like Tom Pody or Willie <laughs> Uber or any or other Harry. big defenseman. <laughs> Harry Howell. Or any, Harry Howell, any defenseman who's big that doesn't hit gets emulsified by the hard crowd. <laughs> Yeah, those so, experts. <laughs> I, I, you know, again, I'm seeing like you know, dumb trade proposals. <laughs> I mean, Mark Stahl does have some value. If he goes to Carolina, maybe he's got more value. Yeah, but he's got to be signed. So, I don't see. I see a lot of holes, and nobody's going to step up. <clears throat> we are so spoiled in having some. Really good defenseman the last three years. You know, we had a pretty good solid defensive core the last three or four years with a great world-class goaltender. And that's coming to an end, folks. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen. They're going to have to trade some of this uh, the Hartford uh, guys, some of the, the, these tweeners. And UJT Miller and Jesper Faust guy and those guys, I don't know how much value those guys have packaged with a defenseman. Maybe you can get them somebody. But uh, you're right, Mark Stoll has struggled. You know, Matt Hunwick looked pretty good in the last game, but you know he, he's a six. He's a six or a seven. I mean, yeah. when Dan Boyle gets back, things will be a little bit more calm, but. And I was also thinking, just, just one last thing. Uh, you know, a lot of people, when the Rangers traded Michael Delzada, and again, not the people from this chat room primarily, but a lot of Ranger fans were, uh, were like, they trade him for, to Nashville for nothing. But you know what? Kevin Klein's been pretty damn good. I mean, he's he's a little bit, you know... I want to get to the finances, but he—he's a little bit tad overpaid if you're into the minutiae of the whole thing. But he's contributing and stepped up well, you know. And he's certainly been better than Michael Delzato. I don't think the Rangers get out of the first round if Michael Delzato's on the team last year. <laughs> That's how much I you. So, so uh, it's it. You're right. I think uh, you, you got a good point on how good Kevin Klein. Not just he's gotten two goals; it's he's played well, which you know. So I and, don't know, uh, but I was I, I was just I I never thought the Rangers would win that game ever at any point until the comeback started. <laughs> uh, Dylan McElrath, seven games, no goals, no assists. 21 penalty minutes, and he's a minus two. (laughs) 
Heck of a job, at Brownie. Some point, <laughs> at some point, you've got to put a young guy back there and just see if something happens. Because, yeah, I mean, you're going to lose. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just very worried about the long term. I should be happy. I should be happy. The Rangers big five going. I just trying to caution on the Ranger fans, and that's what I've been doing. They're saying, like, you know, yeah, but I'm not happy with the whole vibe of the team. But then I'm like, you know, they lost a top four defenseman in their number one center. You know, it means a lot. You know, Derek Stepan, although we criticize him about his, his lack of playmaking ability, I mean, he's a good two-way forward. I mean, he's diligent. He can't win a face-off for his life, but join the rest of the club. And that was another thing. They were dominating face-offs, I think, against Minnesota again. Yeah, they were good on face-offs. Although Montreal took them to school. Oh, my God. That game was an abomination. What a snore fest. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, uh, we could talk about the Montreal game. I just wanted my take on Monday night's game. And, yes, I mean, the defense, definitely a problem. And, of course, it was great to see them win, but obviously not a well-played game. That mo- that game reminded me of a disaster movie. Any disaster movie follows that. Irwin Allen? Everything's Irwin Allen. Oh. You know, everything starts off kind of okay. It's just life as normal, and it moves on. And all of a sudden, disaster strikes, and it's 3 nothing. And then, you know, you start to see little rays of hope as people come together to kind of fight the disaster. And then there's a setback. And then, you know, in the end, we win. The only thing missing from that from that game was like Morgan Freeman narrating it at the end, you know, like uh, like Anthony Duclair, a man who crawled through a river of shit and came out clean on the other side with his first NHL goal. <laughs> That's all that was missing. It was like you know, right. uh, pick one, but they're all they're all those all those disaster movies are the same. That's what it reminded me of. I mean, it was a, the first forty minutes were. Uh, debacle is is not a uh, is not a strong enough it word. A de- it was a democracy. <laughs> democracy. That's what it was. a complete disaster. A complete disaster. I, I mean, the Kreider hit. He's got to know better. I think that I think that's what you said. You know, it, it, what, I don't think it was. It, it was just stupid. He's got to know better. Yeah, and you know he's getting the reputation now. I don't know how he escaped with no suspension. I John don't know. Moore, he, I don't know either. I thought he'd get two games, and I thought John Moore would get six. And as it turns out, John Moore got five, which I guess I was told that um, by Keith McElroy was telling me that he had read somewhere that they gave him five because you can't appeal under six games. You can't appeal it, so they. So I don't know. This so maybe that was why they gave him five, but uh, you know, he's got to be a repeat offender. He's the last guy you think would be a repeat offender. I mean, he's like uh, he's like diary of a wimpy kid back there on defense. I mean, I don't know, Justin. You need to take your pills. Stop blaming that guy. Hit that uh, you know generic Minnesota Wild guy. Hit. That was a bad play. It was a stupid play by Kreider. 
She was asking for it. Yes, that's what he's asking for. Well, she was dressed, you know, suggestively. She was asking for it. I know Kreider's like 235, whatever he is. He's valuable to the Rangers as a scorer, even though he's got two goals. They needed him in that game. He's dumb. But it turned out to be a blessing because then A.V. threw Nash together with Broussard and and, uh, Zook. And it worked out. Because that line played tremendous, as you said. Yes. Yes. Broussard and... No, I mean, listen. There were some, there were some stars, and let's let's give credit to the Duke. He was all smiles. He was, uh, you know, I love when he scored. He kind of like skated away from everybody. They were trying to congratulate him. He was just like, he was just so happy, just like like a, I don't know. He just, he got lost in the moment. Anthony Duclair. <laughs> ah, dude, Duclair. We should get like a uh, clip of Blanche Dubois from what the Golden Girls doing. I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's uh, funny. Yeah, I mean, this is. Uh... And then what's with these gaps in the games now? I think it helps the Rangers, right? Because I think Stepan started. Did he start skating, I think? Or he's going to start to skate in a week? Practice? Yeah. So, that's good. I mean, one guy breaks his fibula and then he's back. (laughs) A month and a half. I mean, that must be a slight break. Yeah, he said, yeah. So, yeah, he started skating. I mean, that's certainly... uh, <laughs> you look at the clip say it's not to the back. Well, well, well. I may have found one. <laughs> you are uh, not. <laughs> so, uh, you think you look like J.J. Evans? Somebody was saying he looked like uh, the Duke looked like uh, Huggy Bear. <laughs> really? Huggy Bear? Huggy Bear, you know, from uh, Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, I know. When he was wearing the Broadway hat. The bro- when he was wearing oh, the Broadway oh, hat. When he was wearing the Broadway hat, yeah. All he needed was that, a feather. That he he would have looked like he looked like the guy in uh, I'm going to get you, sucker. <laughs> with, the golf, with, the, with, the fish, with the fish bowls in his shoes. <laughs> Where's Cutter tonight? Watching that for Cockney Game 7? He's working. Has- oh. Has, uh, and he said he had an epic goal. phone call, too. It's uh, 2-2 in uh, the fourth. <clears throat> baseball season started yet? I always say that. Yeah. So, did you find... <laughs> I do declare yet. Uh, so, and then Zuccarello gets his first. I love Zook's celebration. He was, like, going to jump on Broussard and, like, wrap his legs around him. And Broussard was like, nah, let's not do that, bro. <laughs> that cool. yeah, it was like an awkward moment there <clears throat> Anthony Duclair by the way posted a funny picture on Instagram I guess he maybe he rooms with Broussard on the road and he posted a picture of of Broussard 
knuckle deep in the booger bunker. <laughs> with, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> with a, with like the tagline of pick a winner, Derek, or something like that. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I saw the Zuccarell. Somebody, I think it was Roy in the chat room, uh, gave us a link. I forget who it was. Maybe Josh. I don't know who it was. But posted a link to uh, the Halloween costumes of Haglin and Zuccarello. Oh. Zuccarello went as a shark and Haglin went as a pirate. Arg. All right. Give you the Sam Rosen, all right? All right. This game is crazy, Joe. This game is crazy. What is this contraption I do declare? My (laughs) bike. The funny thing is, he said, I think, wait, let me just well, say that again. Well, well, what is this contraption I do declare? My Blackberry, Michael. I'm trying to get updates on the company. Who's Michael? <laughs> it's my Blackberry. Because I, I cut it off right after he said I do declare, and all you heard was, it's my black. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> Which, of course, I laughed at because I'm a child. <clears throat> so, big win by the Rangers, and... Uh... I'm always worried about those early in the week games. Um, and like I said, the, uh, I thought Matt Helmick had a pretty good game, probably his best game in the range. But yes. uh, what are the, I mean, have you guys heard what the plan is now that John Moore's out five games? What they going to do? Is it really going to be uh, Casca? Uh, I don't think. <clears throat> I don't think he's decided that yet. He's got. They got another three days before the game. They had to get rid of Rafi Diaz. Oh, was Rafi, they had to get rid I of know who? when you saw him. I know when you saw him. Uh, not Rafi Diaz, excuse me. Yeah, Rafi Diaz. I know when you. I was thinking of Rafi Torres. And they're missing me on D. And they chose Kotzko over me. <laughs> now I'm stuck in Calgary. <laughs> Somebody please trade for me. <laughs> I like that. Yes, the Rafi Diaz house band, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. <clears throat> that was good. That's good lyrics for that song. That's got potential. It was off the cuff, too. Yeah, so you're Ed Lemon. That's the sense of you because you're a professional. So Zimprov class is kicking in. Ah. I mean, no, I, know really you saw Zimprov Diaz. I know when you saw uh, I know when you saw Rafael Diaz, he wasn't that great. But other than that one game that you went to see. Sorry. It's automatic. Uh, no, he was terrible he, in that finals game. He was terrible. Well, in that game. Yeah, he was. But he, he hadn't played. Now, he had. A, right. He was on siesta, and he was. He hadn't. Played. <laughs> he hadn't played. I mean, you can like forgive a guy time. like that. I mean, right. I mean, this is, we're just talking regular season filling guy that doesn't look ridiculous out there. How do you think Henrik's been playing? Every time I look at that goal, that save percentage, I get I go crazy. Oof on me. <laughs> hey, <what's it> 
one thing I haven't touched upon or we haven't touched upon. I feel like the Rangers that first pass has not been there all year. Um, I don't think the defensemen are really, well, you could tell by the lack of scoring, and other than Kevin Klein. Does Girardi have a goal? I mean, they really haven't been involved in the offense at all. And this no, was something that AV was, you know, <clears throat> that this is a bread and butter, and I don't think they've had that first pass all year. And that that may be because they're missing Dan Boyle and they've been shuffling guys in and out of there. But I'm worried about the defense. So that's that's where I am. Defense has had a lot of trouble getting the puck to, to the forwards. Like you said, that first pass just, is, just isn't there. Uh, you know, and McDonough's game is off. You know he's out of sync. I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on with him, but it seems like every think, game is a there's a there's a mush. I I think I think maybe being captain is being it's a little bit of adjustment for him, especially when they come for him and they you know the Rangers lose and they're coming for him for answers. Um, and maybe it's that added responsibility, I mean, of, you know, answering the questions for the eight people that are there for the conference. Oh, you know what? Uh, this reminds me of the, the conference. Uh, who was it? Well, not Duclair. It was somebody else who got the hat the other night. I look at the freaking picture. You know who I see in it? Fucking Rosasco. Oh, this guy is in everything. Yeah, he's like Zilig. He is. He appears in everything. I, I don't want to see his asshole in these pictures. I mean, get out of here. Oh, anyway. Um, and to, you know, Rangers find a, a way to win. And that's good. You know, they they got to find a way to win. You get two points, unexpectedly always a pleasure. Absolutely. Now, on the subject of McDonough, and this is this is not really to pick on him; it's more to pick on the on Joe Micheletti. Um, of course, in the, in the Montreal game, we had a we had something we rarely see in the sport of hockey. We had a two on none. <laughs> oh yes, which which ended pretty much the way you think it would end. And the reason why we had the two on none was because the puck was along the boards. McDonough tried to reach for it, and I don't remember. It skipped over his stick or over his feet or over his head. I don't know. And, and it turned into a two-on-none. Well, after the goal is scored, 
Joe Micheletti said, because it was a shorthanded, the Rangers were on the power play at the time. And Micheletti says, well, this is the problem with having, this is the chance you take with having four forwards and only one defenseman on the power play. And I'm thinking, well, what the, but it was a defenseman that blew the play. What, what, what did the other, why blame the other four forwards for it? It's not their fault. It was, it was Joe, it was McDonough. So right. it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense when he said that. And then uh, one more pick on the broadcast. Monday night, the game starts, and Matt Cook's on the ice, and they're raving about Matt Cook. He's oh, turned his he's, game around for the most, he's, for the most he's, part. He's turned his game around. He's become a different player. He just got suspended seven games in April. How much yep. different – He's turned his game around in what the five games or eight games of the season? He's had an illustrious oh, career. Man. Look how long he's been in the NHL. For all the talk, go Joe, he's played a thousand the... games. And you know what? It's now that we're on the broadcast, and now Rangers one two three is inciting a riot within my soul. Not that he's doing anything that I dislike. He's just bringing up a name, and that's. John Monotone, also known as John Genone. For you Ranger fans that think that, well, you should listen to the other broadcasts of the NHL. They're much worse than John Genone. No, there aren't. He is the absolute worst. I don't care if a guy's a homer. As a matter of fact, I want a homer as the Rangers announcers. I don't want Sam scre- screaming, and Nito, Nito Ryder scores! I don't want to hear it like he's jubilant about it. I don't care about unbiased reporting. I don't give a shit. Obviously, me and you don't care. We're not talking about how good Minnesota was, and you know this and that, and how, uh, you know... They, 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 Talking about Darcy Kemper or the Kemper Fund or whatever the fuck the guy's name is. We're not talking about that. How about Micheletti coaching the wild power play? Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about Edwards or all these other guys? No. Monotone is the worst. First of all, he's calling a soccer game. The whole play on thing and that shot goes to the goal. That's a soccer. He's boring as styrofoam packaging peanuts. All right? That he had. You know, when Maloney's between the benches, they keep the mic open because he can actually add something unrehearsed. Right. With Giannone, they go to him between the benches. It's always, I talked to assistant coach, uh, uh, you know, uh, Perry Fern, or whatever that guy's name was. He said, we just need to play more in a pimple game in a second. Uh, you know, like it's always like some stupid generic thing that. Well, Scott O'Neill told me that the power play needs to get more pucks through that. No bad to use them. <laughs> if I gotta see that dumb looking face on that monotone one more time, I'm gonna put my foot through the TV. And when he does play by play, he's boring. It's a snooze fest. <laughs> and and then. The other night, uh, Saturday, when they were playing up in Montreal and the game's on MSG, and they had that really nice ceremony where Ottawa and, and in Montreal, and right. I think it was Toronto, 
they had the guy, I can't remember his name, Slew Ridge or something like that, singing Oh Canada, and of course all the fans sing with him, which is one of the best traditions in all of sports, which is why it kills me to no end when people start yelling, let's go Rangers during our national anthem. But that's the side point. Exactly. But, but it was like this nice emotional moment, and the Canadian flag and everything, and, you know, touching. And then John Giannone comes on and has to ruin the whole thing. He says, well, Joe, how do we... How do we channel all this emotion into a hockey game? I don't know how we do it. Just shut the fuck up. Less is more. I don't want. I don't need you to. Just shut up. Just call the game. I don't need you to. Yeah. You're not Peter Jennings. Yeah. Oh, well, don't we try to channel Peter Jennings. <laughs> you know, I hate when they and they when you force the moment. You know, don't force it. Just it's let it let it be. Leave it alone. I love when when teams win, when there's a big win or they win a championship, and whoever's announcing, whoever it is, I like when they just don't say anything. That is one thing I will give Doc Emmerich credit for. He knows when is he knows when to shut up occasionally, at least in those okay. moments, and just let the crowd and the moment and the players let them be the focus, not you, not the announcer, not John Sterling. Oh, not, the worst. not John Gia. How do we channel this emotion into a hockey game, Joe? And then, of course, Joe's got to make it even worse. So, I don't know, but, you know, it's an emotional night. And blah, blah, blah. Shut up. I'd rather watch the, I, I, I wish I could just mute the, 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 the announcers so I could still hear crowd noise. Because then, you know, you can put it on surround right. sound. It's almost like you're at the game. Just shut those two up. Say he knew when to shut up. And a shot! And a shot! On the side! I spoke too soon. <laughs> Sorry. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, either that or just say, man, these, these Canadian people really know how to do it right, or something like that. Right. You know, they, you know, something like that. Don't bring me down. It's bad enough for playing in the health center, which if you take those the playoffs out, you know, Henrik doesn't do well in there. I mean, it's just a debacle. It's a democracy when uh, when Gino does the games. And I don't want to hear that, oh, there's worse. No, there's not. There's none worse. The, the New York Rangers and Madison Square Garden, the freaking owner owns Cablevision. He has the world to choose from to announce his games. And the people in charge of this whole media conglomerate giant have picked for the, the venerable Sam Rosen his replacement, John Giannone, a, a lackey. It's it's ridiculous. So put Marv Albert in there. Somebody. Yes. They have to go through yes. that MSG, like, horrible, like, chain of I don't know, like the, the, the chain of losers. Who's behind him? Mike Crispino? Yeah, Bob Page? <laughs> uh, who's behind him? Who's that uh, That Daughtry guy? Remember Bill Daughtry? Bill Daughtry with his re- that cheap suit he used to wear. Uh, really? See, I mean, like, they have, like, that whole MSG crew. Now if they got, what, Steve Valiquette? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, I got I to gotta play this clip. I was laughing. Danico lost his voice during the, one of the Devil games, and it, 
he sounded like a mutant. It, it was like, he sounded like Jesse the Body, like on drugs. And it sounded like he was drunk again. I got to play this. I, I got to get, I have to upload that shit. I'm uploading it. But, uh, so, anyway. So, you know, I complain about Sam, but, you know, he's the gift that keeps on giving. You miss him when he's not there. I keep telling you that. Yeah. I keep telling ah, you. You're right. Comedy gold. So, uh, so you want to go to the phones and see what's up? Let's play our let's play our break and we'll go to the phones. All right, I'm actually going to take a break. So you take over when uh, we come All back, right. and I'll join. We'll be right back. Blue Shirt Underground Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including however you're hearing the show right now. And if you sign up at our URL, which is www.audibletrial.com slash blueshirtunderground, you'll get one free audio book and a one-month trial of the service. You can pick up books like The Game of My Life, where Ranger greats like Mark Messier and Frank Boucher talk to the great John Halligan about their favorite Ranger memories, or The Devil and Bobby Hull, How Hockey's Original Million Dollar Man Became a Lost Legend, and They Call Me Baba Bowie, the story of Howard Stern's show producer Gary Delabate. That's www.audibletrial.com slash blueshirtunderground. Support Blue Shirt Underground Radio and sign up for your free trial to audible.com today at www.audibletrial.com slash blueshirtunderground. Eddie and I will be back in just a minute. Giants are up uh, 3-2 to two in the top of the fourth. Game seven at Kauffman Stadium. Eddie, you back with me? Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? I, I'm only giving the score in the hopes that people won't turn us off and go watch the game. Oh, okay. you, just, you just stay with us. We'll keep you updated. Are you ready to go to the phones? Yes. All right. Let's go to the phones. Costa's been on hold since the... Right after the beginning of the show. Costa, good evening. How are you, sir? Uh, hello. Hello, boys. How are you, Costa? I don't know if I should have um, barbecue crow or chick or um, um, General Chow's crow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> General Chow's crow. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I look, yeah, I look stupid, don't I? Well, you know what? I think a lot of Ranger fans did that. I mean, really. 
I mean, uh, you know, with Monday night football going and, and all this stuff going on, I think people I would just – I mean, that game had all the earmarks of a really bad loss. <laughs> it looked, Don't I mean, I, you saw the bus coming at you. You saw that train coming down the tracks, and you got out of the way. Yeah. I'm, you know, me and Jim and some other Ranger fans here are gluttons for punishment, maybe, <laughs> or maybe have a little more faith or just like to wallow in the craziness. We watched, and we were rewarded. So you eat a little crow. As long as you're there for the big, as long as you're there for the big games. Oh wait, you didn't watch the Stanley Cup either. <laughs> that comes around every twenty years, you know. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> so anything. Uh, I, other than that, it's a lot to eat crow. You're, you're you're a buddy of the show. Do you think eventually they're going to take hitting out of the game? No. No, well, they almost have. The game is so weak now. Because I'll tell you this, if this was 30 years ago, Kreider would have got his face pounded in. And same with more. That's right. Well, I'd rather see that than a suspension, to be honest. Because if, because if people's get face gets pounded, they ain't going to do it again. Exactly. Imagine you're on the wild, and, you know, listen, the wild, you know, definitely, you know those players thought that the cry to hit was dirty. He got no games. They should have they should have pounded his ass. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, now, absolutely. That would have been a bench clearer. In the 80s, the benches are empty. Early 80s, that thing is tolerated. Yeah, would have been a line brawl at least. The game, I'm, I, I know this is gonna, you know, I'm just gonna quote. The game is is fagified. It's a watered down version of what it used to be, but it, it is what it is. It's it's a modernized, so gonna, it's a modernized pasteurized and sanitized for your protection. Exactly. And. And and, you know, and here's the funny thing. Here's the really funny thing. Here's the funny thing. No matter how much you do that, some people are just not going to buy it. You know what I'm saying? They're just I not going to buy hockey. They're not going. They're just not going to do it. You know. But the thing is, Costa, there's nothing we can do about it. So I don't like to go back and remember the old days. And you're right. I think that the more that they there are people that are turned off by it. But no, hockey is such an no, awesome he's, he's sport. Try, he's, trying to, he's, he's trying to he's trying to he's trying to get the casual fans in the mix, but they but a lot of them are just not gonna buy it. I'm sorry. The casual they're never going to get the casual fan. This is a cult sport. And sooner or later sooner later the cult the cult is gonna turn on the sport. You know what I'm saying? It's only a matter of time. Well, I disagree. Well, what, well, what do you? What's your? What do you think? What do you Jim? think I've been doing? What do you think I've been preaching for the longest time? So you're saying if there was fighting and no third man in, you would, you would not, 
you would you would embrace the sport and spend your money more? Is that what you're saying, Costa? Something like that. Something <laughs> like that. All right, Jim, go ahead. I feel like this is count counterpoint. No, well, I get what you're saying, but that 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 sport doesn't exist anymore. They can't. They couldn't sell that sport. They couldn't market that sport. They can't sell this sport either. This sport. This sport's got a better. They've got a TV contract better than they've ever had in their existence. Most of their teams are making money. I mean, there's a few dogs out there, but most of them are doing well. You've got hockey on. <coughs> excuse me. You've got hockey on TV almost every night of the week. We didn't have that ten years ago. Uh, you maybe had it. You had it a little bit. USA Network would show what one game a week, maybe two. ESPN, same thing. Now you've got between NHL Network and NBC. That's the other thing. You've got a whole network of just the NHL. But the sport, but the hockey of the '80s that, that you're talking about, it just—it it was never going to go anywhere. It was never going to. They were never going to be able to market that sport. Nah, I, I, I just, I disagree. I think the, I, I disagree on that, Jim, because I think that the culture uh, is more open-minded than back then. Back then in the 80s, hockey was, and maybe this is because it just was the butt of jokes and a misperception that, you know, I went through a fight and a hockey game broke out. You know, that whole stigma. And they lived with that stigma until it actually started showing up on TV and people started saying, hey, this isn't what they wish they'd seen. You know, when ESPN2 started showing the games and, you know, when Bill Pito was doing, the, you know, his high, you know uh, hockey night with Barry Melrose. I mean, it, you know, this is when Probert and those guys were around and they used to fight and Domi. Uh, it, built, it built a little bit. You know, I, I, I just think now it's just gone too far the other way. Yes. And... And it needs to be more balanced. I mean, come on. They hampered a defenseman so bad. I don't even know how you can be a defenseman in the NHL anymore. You can't do anything. It's like a defensive back of football. You can't hit the guy. You can't get football scores in the NHL. NHL tonight. Thank you, Al. I forgot the name of the show. Uh Dosey dough and away we go. Jim's favorite. Ugh. That's what they want. That's what they want, boys. They want they want football you sports don't, in the NHL. I listen, I go to games. I know Jim's gone go to games. Does, is there anybody sitting when there's a fight? No. No. Everybody at that game loves the fights. We all loved when Sean Avery was a Ranger. I mean we didn't all love Sean Avery. But every night during the regular season, there was something going on. We loved it. It's entertaining. Johnny. Johnny. I mean, I think people would love that. They love it. It's drama. It's theater. But they've neutered the game so bad. I don't know, but it's not going to change. So why? I don't understand. I, you know, I'm, I want to go back to the way things are. But it's never going to change. They convinced that 
if we play this like the Olympics, people will watch. And I agree with Costa. Is that I don't think people will ever watch this game unless they're drawn to it, you know, in a cult fashion. They discover it. It's not going to appear on the Olympics. How many people think, seriously, if I gave you 10 people and they watched an Olympic hockey game, how many of you think said, well, you know what? When that NHL starts back up again, I'm a fan. Eddie, How many you think? Same, Eddie, it's the same with soccer. When the World Cup is on, everybody watches. When it's over, no one gives a shit after that. Well, I'm asking you, out of 10 people that have never seen hockey, they see an Olympic game and they go, oh, that guy's in the NHL. Well, he's on you know, the wild. I'm going to watch wild games. I would say maybe, maybe one, two tops. What do you think, Jim? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much growth they've gotten from, from the Olympics. Still not a fan of the NHL players in the Olympics anyway, to begin with. I don't think the convert is that mu- is that high. And I think... <laughs> All right, go ahead. Well, I just... We're a different society now than we were 20, 25 years ago. And it, the game has changed. You know, I mean, football's the same way. You can't hit a guy coming over the middle anymore. Those used to be the best hits you saw in football. Those were the best hits. You used to love when the wide receiver was, come on, come across the middle. I want to see you get run over like a freight train by the safety. Can't do that anymore. It, we live in it. I don't know what to t- I understand what you're saying. I miss those days sometimes, too. I miss those brawls and 300 penalty minute nights at the Garden against the Flyers or the Islanders. But it, it, different world than the game. The games had to change with it. I, I don't, you know, we got, you got guys dying from painkiller addictions from fighting. Something had to give. Or guy, and you got all these football players that can't remember who they are from all the concussions and being put back into games that they never should have been in. You know, I, I get uh, what you're you saying. Make a good point there. You know, it's it, you know it's always fun to to wax poetic and be nostalgic about it, but you know, it just can't be. Well, I you know, know it's, it's never going to happen. I've conceded yeah, I mean, that. I mean, I just think that the whole thing that people wouldn't buy, wouldn't watch the product if it was like it was i don't put i don't i think that's what attracted to me one of the things and the, to the credit of hockey it has so much other great things to it it it's still you know vibrant and it's still alive and it's still to me the best game to watch but with that added stuff it was i mean to me you know again i'm waxing poetic and you know miss the nostalgia but to me it it surpassed any game, and that's what football too. You know, but that football is interpreted as, as pretty, pretty violent right off the bat. Anyway, you know, hockey you got a bunch of guys skating around. You know, I don't know. Listen, you're, you're right though. The injuries did catch up as the game got more violent in both. I, I think hockey. I think the game is too fast. I think the skate the skaters are going too fast. Well, yes, and that's where, and that's where, that's where. I mean, if you're hitting, if you're going that fast, and you get hit, you know, you, you get your bell rung. 
Yeah, it's not like the 70s and early 80s where the guys were out and they were drinking the night afterwards and they weren't really in the best condition. These these players today are, first of all, skating like 25 miles faster than these guys used to. Uh, they're all big, in condition, going full blast, you know. I mean, yes, that certainly has changed, you know. I mean, these guys, uh, uh, the kids, the 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 rink may be too small. I mean, it's, they may lead to that conversation. The, you know, contain dude, all that's this not going to happen because they're not because they're not going to give up the rev. They're not going to give up the. They're not going to give up the money to right. make the make, the, make the, the rinks Olympic size. Not ain't going to happen. Forget about it. No. Exactly. Forget about it. <laughs> going to lose too much cheddar. <laughs> 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 hey, are you going to that? Are you going to that game with us on the twenty first or what? Costa, who you talking to me, or Costa? Me? Uh, I, 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 nothing's changed. No plan. Nothing's changed. I mean, I mean doesn't answer I mean, my question. Yeah, I, 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 yes, I would say the answer is yes. Did you get in touch with my brother so you could give yes, me the money? I got in touch with my brother. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. And Eddie, um, I assume you're going with us, right, on the 21st? Because you said you were yes. going to go, and then and then my brother has a ticket for you. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm definitely in. Uh, okay, and then we need to I'll, talk uh, about the viewing party too, but we'll talk yes. about that off the air. It's going to be it's going to be a blue shirt underground radio weekend. Yeah. Yeah. We're all going to sleep in. Uh, Times Square or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll sleep in Central Park. <laughs> we'll try to figure out how that bear got killed. We'll sleep in Penn Station. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Find us a hostel so to nice. stay at the city. Right next to the bathrooms in, in Penn Station. <laughs> yes, yeah, and all the costas because they get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can tell them we're blue shirts. Boys in blue. Yeah. No. So, all right, all right Costa. Costa. You brought all up right, a good guys. point. Go eat your uh, General Chow's crow. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. The one and only. 646-478-4692 is the number if you guys want to call in. Uh, let's go to Rock. Rock, how you doing, buddy? What's up, gentlemen? How are you tonight? What's going on? Doing good. Uh, great, uh, great stuff so far. Uh, listen to everything you guys said. Eddie, you had me crying with the, uh, with the John Marathon and the, uh, the other thing you said, Perry Parent. I was dying. I mean, I couldn't Perry. Stop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're going to miss him. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, I was at the game Monday night. I'll tell you, it was, uh, it was a tale of, uh, of two games. I mean, they looked listless. They looked dead. Um, it looked like that that Montreal game was it was just a complete carryover from that Montreal game, um, and it, it, it's amazing, you know, the penalty kill, the fact that they were able to kill off, and, and I just think that their penalty kill really, you know, suffocated uh, the Wild um, to the point where I think they just got frustrated. Uh, I mean, to, to me, you kill off two five on three, uh, two uh, five minute majors in a game where they get no goals and really no sustained pressure or any kind of opportunities, uh, I think something good, you know, you know, could come out of that. And, and you saw, with the, you know, getting that first goal, 
early in the period, I thought was was gigantic. And and as we we saw, it kind of just snowballed, and and it just seemed like they didn't know what to do. And, and Minnesota just looked absolutely lost. I mean, they, they they were missing coverage. It was it was a pretty interesting game, and uh, it's just a shame because it, it was very reminiscent of the Devil game in a lot of ways, where they just couldn't seem to generate anything in the first two periods, and all of a sudden the third period rolls around and goes, oh, shit, we better start playing hockey. And and they right. figured out a way to hit, hit the back of the net. Um, this team can't do this all year, as as, you, as we all well very well know. Uh, but what I will say on, from, from a positive standpoint is, at least you know with this team they can pop in three, three four goals in a period if, if they had to. Where, you know, yeah. two years ago, three years ago, you'd be like, oh, shit, you're down 3 nothing. You might as well just pack the bags up and go home. Because uh, right. you didn't want to score three goals in a game. So, when they were down one nothing, I was like, it was going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I agree with you guys about the defense. And, you know, it's a shame because, you know, we, we looked at this defense going in, uh, you know, specifically into, you know, the playoffs last year. And we said, oh, you know, we know these six defensemen and, you know, uh, even going into this season, I think we were pretty much content, you know, if these guys played pretty much the way they played in the playoffs, you know, and Dan Boyle can maybe contribute something on the power play, you were kind of content with this defense going into the season. And, and most people and most experts felt that these six guys were pretty much a very upper echelon group of defensemen. But I'll tell you, it's, it's been pretty, pretty brutal. And, you know, you said a lot about McDonough, and, and the first person I thought of when I thought about the captaincy was Brian Leach. Because you saw when Brian Leach wore that captaincy, he was lost for, the, for those few years that he was the captain. He was not himself. He was the, not the same player. He felt like he had the weight of the world on him. And I'm not saying it's too early to put that um, that stigma on, uh, on, on McDonough, but you can see that he, he's not playing with the same flow that I thought he played towards the tail of it last year and, in, and into most of the playoffs. And, you know, I guess it's a learning curve for all of us, but when I, when I see him play, it's very similar to Brian Leach where you, you almost feel like he's trying to do too much. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I, I think me and you said it. I think he, he – especially when they're, you know, at the end of the game and you lose, they're coming to you for the answer. Right, and I think he's been a little tentative. He's been a little, and like you said, trying to do too much. You know, I, yeah. I think. I mean, it's early. I mean, it's so early. We can't, you know. Right. But I, we're trying to figure it out. Observation. Right. No. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this is just an observation because we see moments like flashes where this team is amazing, and there's other moments where you're like, "Holy shit! Is this team even going to make the playoffs with how bad they are?" So, I mean, again, and I said this to my friend the other night, and I think I said this to you guys last week, where it seems like every year, for the, especially the last three years, the team starts off very slow. For whatever reason, I don't know if it takes time for the team to gel. I don't know if they're, they're just wiping the rust off. They have last year still on their brain. Whatever it is, they always seem to start off the season very slow. Let's just hope that, like I said, as we talked about that, they're able to kind of – piece everything together with, with injuries and suspensions and that they're able to kind of uh, keep the ship afloat while these guys get healthy. And I'll tell you and right I, now, Michael Koska, he's not, if you're expecting him to be in the lineup for the next five games, good luck. <laughs> I, 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 
I feel that they're handling the – first of all, there's been a lot of turnover with the players from last year. You all knew that coming in. Even in the forward ranks. I don't think uh, the fourth line has really developed that much of a chemistry uh, as we saw in the playoffs. But that, that'll that take time. And if they can stay around 500 till they get some healthy bodies back and things settled, I'm willing to give some of the defensemen a break because of the shuffling with the partners and playing with guys that, you know, aren't their regular regulars and aren't really as good as. But I, I was kind of looking for John Moore to step up a little bit. I haven't seen that. Now he's got the suspension, which is making me sour on him even more. Right. Um, and, and and Jim made a great point. He calls him the wimpy diary boy. And, you know, to me, he's to me, I think he's just too small to be a defenseman. I, I don't understand how he's getting suspended because he gets knocked off the puck. He gets out-muscled. Uh, on plays more often than not. It happened the other night in Montreal. He got out-muscled on, I think he was either their first or second goal. He got out-muscled in front of the net. How he's how he's um, getting suspended to me, either he's trying too much or he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Because to me, he doesn't seem like he has the physical attributes to be a solid NHL defenseman. And I got I pray that I'm wrong. Because he can skate like the wind and he has a decent shot. But from the physical aspect, to me, I think he gets beaten to the puck too many times or beaten off the puck too many times and out-muscled in front of the net. And, again, I mean, we're complaining about a sixth defenseman, but, you know, when, when no, everyone I mean, else isn't playing well, that's what happens. And when an injury goes down, when somebody gets injured and he's moved up, you want him to step up his game and at least play good for that period and then go back to being the schlep he was. Exactly. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, he may have been a product of how good Kevin Klein was playing last year. I, I, I went to the beginning of the season, I was very down on John Moore. I took some heat for it. Like, well, you're complaining about the sixth guy. Well, you know, right. when, when injuries happen like this, this is what happens. He gets you know, he gets moved up. Yeah, and uh, and you're, you're absolutely right. And, you uh, know, it's funny because, you know, I, I, I pray that I'm wrong about this too, and, and I, I really hope that, that they get something out of McElrath. But this, I mean, that, that draft for the Rangers might go down with, with Hugh Jessamine. Uh, and I hate to say that because you see all the guys that have been drafted after him, and the first guy that I comes to mind, and I know you and I, Jim, um, you and I, Eddie, are in the minority, is, is Tarasenko. The guy is phenomenal. I mean, He's he got, a phenomenal he talent. He another, another hat trick the other night. Uh, He's healthy. Yeah, and, and we're, I know we're looking at from a defensive perspective, but when the Rangers drafted McElrath, their need wasn't on defense. Their need was goal scoring. When, if you think back to when they drafted him right. in 2010, their need was not defense. It was goal scoring. You know, and, and I, I, got, I got very upset when I kept hearing, oh, well, they're trying to draft, draft the next Jeff Bukabu. You don't draft right, the yeah, next, was... next Jeff Bukabu in the first round. <laughs> you know, you don't draft that guy in the first round. You, you hope <laughs> to find that guy, you know, towards, towards the middle and, and the end of the draft. And I'll be honest with you, Gordy Clark has done a phenomenal job. Phenomenal job finding these diamonds in the rough in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. Yeah, he's found he's found Duclair, he's found Haglin. Haglin. Uh, Fast should be pretty decent. This kid uh, Bunyetskev uh, from Russia who's tearing right. up the KHL as a 19-year-old. I, I mean, he's been able to find these guys in the later rounds for whatever reason. The first, the Rangers' first-round picks, for the most part, have been brutal forever. Right. Here, here, no, here, you kind of get lucky, but they they can't seem to draft in the first round. 
for whatever reason. Even Lundquist was, what, a sixth or seventh round pick? Yeah. So, I mean, I have a feeling, and, I, and again, I hope they get something out of McElrath where, you know, as he turns into Michael Sauer and he comes up at 23, 24, 25 years old, and you get something out of the kid, you could at least say it, it justifies that pick. But right now that pick is looking like an absolute disaster. When's Michael Sauer coming back, by the way? Dave <laughs> no, Maloney talked to him on the train. I remember that report. I'll never forget it. Like, after Sauer had the concussion, you know, and uh, uh, Dave Maloney said, oh, I saw him, uh, uh, I saw him, and he's coming back. And I was all happy, and then I was like, Michael Sauer, you know, announced his retirement. And like, Dave Maloney, you idiot. You told me he was going to be uh, back. I've always yeah. told that. But so I, I agree with you. I don't think McElrath will ever be what they thought. I think their thinking was they were, they had thought, maybe they thought like Derek Stepan would be more of an offensive force at the time. They looked like they were trying to build like a team for the future instead of building the team for, you know, now. He was a project from the beginning. McElrath was a project from the beginning. You know the defensemen take longer to develop. You don't know what you're getting. You're getting a, a total guy who wasn't a good, great skater. Uh, then he got injured. His kneecap got all busted up. That was unfortunate. Uh, he was a guy that they didn't even have a freaking clip for when they showed the freaking <laughs> on ESPN. He was, supposed to go. he was supposed to go in the first round, but he was supposed to go like, like 20 and lower. And I'll never uh, forget it. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll remember this day as, as vivid as anything. When, when the Rangers drafted Jessamine, I will never, ever forget Pierre Maguire's expre- his comment was, wow, that's, that's an interesting pick, or that one's off the board. It, it was like they couldn't believe that they drafted this guy. And, and it was this, it's almost like total karma, where the same thing with McElroy was like, whoa, Wait, hold on a second. Why did they take this guy? Do they know something we don't know? But for whatever yeah, reason, the Rangers' draft and first-round picks is, is like a curse. It's like a curse. It's amazing. Even yeah, Mark Stahl, as, as great as he's been, he, in a lot of ways, the poor, the poor guy's had a rough go of it. You know, he has a concussion. He, he's, his own brother gives him a concussion. Then, then he hurts his eye. Uh, you know, then we have, <laughs> we have a first-round pick guy. We have another one. Gets, Blackburn gets nerve damage. Stefan Trinesky blows out his shin. Jessamine's a bust. I mean, you go on and on. Delzato turns out to be a, a bomb. I mean, left and right. These first picks, you might as well trade him away. Sanguinetti. Sanguinetti. That was the other guy I was thinking of. I mean, every year it's the same shit. I mean, Montoya. I mean, keep going. I mean, we can go here all day with these guys. Manny Malhotra. At least Rental. Manny Malhotra played 20 years in the league. Yeah. Jamie Lundmark. I mean, we go on and on with the Ranger first-round pick. It, it's amazing. Going... That's why it's best to trade them. Just trade them because you know what? You're not going to. They're never going to play for us anyway. <laughs> I'm trying to find my Ranger Christ show that I did at the draft party, where people were freaking out. I got to try to find that. <laughs> we're ruined. <laughs> we're ruined. Well, and, and you think about it. We were all upset because they didn't take Cam Fowler, where. I said, I mean, at the time, I wanted, I wanted uh, Tarasenko. When, when he was left on the board, I said, we got to get Tarasenko. And, and then Tarasenko winds up going, like, I think eight picks later. He didn't even go, like, within the next five picks. I yeah. think he went, like, way later. Didn't Jaden and, and Schwartz like, also go? I think uh, Jaden Schwartz went ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm pretty sure Jaden Schwartz. Because I think 
it, I think the goalie, the uh, Dallas picked the goalie, uh, the kid who won the, junior, oh, yeah. the juniors, uh, John, yeah. uh, Johnson Jackson. He was the goalie yeah, when Stefan Acrado won the World Juniors. He was their goalie. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I think Fowler went, and then Brandon Gorbley went, and then Jaden Swartz or something along the way. And I think Terry Franklin went like two two picks after that. The St. Louis had back to like back to back first round picks. Uh, they were like two 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 three picks apart. But uh, I'll I'll never forget that as long as I live. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, what are we doing? But you know what? In Gordy Clark, we trust. But the, for the Rangers, I, I give them a lot of credit because they find these diamonds in the rough in the later rounds, I, and you know, I guess it justifies them. You know, with yeah, uh, I mean, and they've also first found round Yeah, and they listen. I mean, we don't know how Danny Cristo is going to do, but they they realize that Christian Thomas wasn't the right pick, and you know, Cristo may see the light of day. Uh, I don't know, but and they've. You know, they got rid of Ethan Warwick pretty quick and got Oscar Lindbergh at least still has a – so I don't know. You know, and, and oh. then, yeah, I mean, and then it was Korbatowski. I mean, he's still playing in the league, but, I mean, he's a third-line guy with Phoenix, and he's a first – I mean – Oh, we I, did I get Ember Leeson for him. Yes, you did. I'll tell you, that goes down. It's, you know, Sanders made a lot of great trades in his, in his career. That and the Jared trade probably go down as, as the two worst trades of his, of his tenure. Those two trades, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's they're, they're drafting, their first round picks are the disaster. But what I will say though is, um, uh, with their with their draft this year, I mean, not to get too far ahead, but um, because I don't want to talk about the team in panic, and you know, we have five days, which is another ridiculous thing. These, these long layoff breaks, five, you set up before five days in between games to me is ridiculous. No wonder you come flat flat against uh, Montreal Saturday night, but. The only thing I do hope is that, you know, they're saying that this 2015 draft is supposed to be the, the, the one of the best drafts in, in whatever, 10 years or whatever. You just hope to take, make the playoffs. And that Tampa Bay, this doesn't happen to what happened with uh, with Bill Kessel in Toronto where, you know, they kind of fall on their face and the Rangers want to, like, give, them, give it away like a top 10 pick in this draft. But what I would ask you guys is, knowing what you know in the outcome of the Stanley Cup Finals and, and everything else, you still would you still make the San Luis trade and give up what you gave up? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and I know he's having a little bit of a rough stretch here too, but I also think that they've kind of thrown him all over the place. And I think once Stefan comes back and they kind of solidify that middle of the ice, I, I think he'll he'll kind of find his niche again. I I think, think I think the way the league is now. I think when you get to when you get to early late winter, uh, you know, and you start to get close to that trading deadline, if you think that your team has a legitimate shot, then you then you got to do whatever you whatever you have to do. You got to take right. the shot because because there's no guarantee you're going back next year just because you get there this year. No, and and we've I mean, seen you know seen teams not make the playoffs have to go to the Stanley Cup final. Right. After winning the Stanley Cup, yeah, both yeah both ways. But right, no, definitely I mean, after winning or whatever. And right. really, and that's not even just hockey. I mean, I think that's all sports nowadays. The way it is, you know, there's no, you know, I know you've got Chicago's been pretty good the last couple of years, solid. But you know, they there's there's a lot more middle teams in the middle than there are powerhouses. It's not like it used to be where there was the, 
you know, the Canadians and the Bruins and the Islanders and the Oilers and the Flyers and kind of everybody else, you know. Uh, I think if you, yes, absolutely I would do it again. If you get if you think you can get there, then you do whatever it takes to get there. Yeah. It's just and the way the league Ryan is now. Cal- <clears throat> and, you know, Ryan Callahan wanted to fish bagels. And he's just, you know, we loved Ryan while he was here. But, I mean, an investment in him, it's, it, you see, he's injured again. I mean, it's just the way he plays. So, they got what was the leading score at the time in the NHL. And the guy who won the the, the Art Ross Trophy. Picks. I know people are crazy about picks, but when you got right. the winning in your sights, you got to go for it. That's it. And you got to go for it because Lundqvist isn't going to be around forever. And they, they, the window, I think, of them winning is is, kind of, is the window slowly closing. I, I, I yeah. definitely can see that. Because you see yeah, all these guys with all these heavy miles on them, it's uh, it's going to be a problem with these guys with the heavy miles on them. And I agree with you 100%. Mark Stoll, I need to see a bigger sample size because from what I've seen from him so far, He's not a $6 million hockey player. I don't give a flying fuck what he gets on the open market. The Rangers cannot afford to give another aging defenseman who has a beaten-up body a, a huge contract. They just can't afford to do it. They have too many other needs down the line yeah. and too many other guys. So, contract. you know, the hiring He's of Tortorella may hurt them even more because, I mean, they had a window when you had a pretty good defensive core, but he played everybody <clears throat> to death. Right. And uh, we joked about it, you know, Girardi's, you know, he's got like the miles of, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, half day, I'm thinking of some ridiculous old time, you know, I mean, he's got like Ching Johnson, like, uh, like age on him because he was played to death in that ridiculous defensive system where we split it hours in our zone at a time. Right. He's got and, miles, he's got major miles on him. Well, the guy's also and, 30 and, years old. He's not 25 years old anymore. He's, I mean, he's he's a lot of miles on that body. Well, Stall's younger. Stall's twenty-seven. Yeah, Stall's yeah. twenty-seven. But, but let's. But you think about it, and, and you know, you look at the players who were the key players during the Tortorella years, and look at the way their bodies are breaking down at young ages. I mean, Callahan, he's been hurt. Dubinsky's been hurt. Stall has not been the same player. Girardi has not been the same player. Even Anisimov's been hurt a lot. Uh, <laughs> He got he got. I haven't seen the hit, but apparently he took a pretty bad hit last night that blew his helmet off his head or something. That's um, <laughs> But uh, but you, I mean, the key guys from that regime are breaking down at a very early age, and I think you're gonna, you know, it's gonna shift. I think when the Rangers had that little bit of success with the shot blocking and they made the run to the Eastern Conference, then you saw a lot of teams start going into that style, shot blocking and you know blocking a lot of shots. And I think right. eventually you'll start to see teams get away from it because players are – I think it's taken its toll on some of the key guys from that regime. I mean, yeah, you know, Callahan, he bounces back, but each time that, that takes a little bit out of you, you know, and it takes – season after season, it wears you out. I think I think we're seeing it with Girardi, definitely with Girardi, and maybe now with Stahl and, you know, guys that aren't on the team anymore I don't, I don't worry about, but – Oh, and, and I and I agree with you completely because, I mean, I always said Callahan was injury-prone from day one. I mean, we've seen him since he's come up. Every year it's something. He's a little dude. He's not He's not this big, gigantic, you know, he's not built the way Ovechkin and, and Crosby and a lot of these other guys who are, they're lean, but they're, 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 they're built differently. He's a small dude. He right. can't, you can't play like that over a long period of time and, and sustain it. 
you know, I, I you know, maybe it's a poor analogy, but you remember Todd, you guys remember Todd Harvey? I mean, the guy played with his heart on his sleeve, and he was a phenomenal, you know, uh, motivational guy, but he, he couldn't stay healthy because his body wouldn't allow him to do that. And that's not the best example, but you kind of get where I'm going with this. And, you right. know, after a while, you can't play like that when you're in your 30s. You can't keep playing like that. We saw with Adam Graves. The guy gets 33 years old. He fell off a cliff like it was no other because after a while, you just can't play that style anymore. It, it, I mean, it's just the way it goes. So, you know, listen, you, you're absolutely right. I agree with you 100%. You cannot give Mark Stahl $6 million a year. You can't. You, you, that would you, be you, ludicrous. You can, they're out of their minds. And I also thought, given Girardi, what they gave him was excessive. But considering what some of these other defenses have got on the open market, it is what it is. And you just pray that the guy can, can, can bounce back. I mean, for the most part, the, the guy's been fairly healthy his entire career. And he's not hasn't been like Stall and Callahan where he's missed extensive periods of time. But right, yeah. like you said, the guy's gotten beaten up for five years, you know, especially in the Tortorella. I just see that he's just he's kind of just lost his step. But who knows? Well, at least he's still valuable on the power play. Yeah, which to me makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, guys, we have we'll have to we'll maybe have to get a question and answer with Vinny and say why the hell this dude's on the power play because I just for the regime. life of me can't figure it through. And Every different regime, regime, same problems, same problems, same problems. We can't score on the power play. What I will say about Vinny, well, I will say, and I was telling this to my friend after the second period of Minnesota was. If this team doesn't shape up, I better see a little bit of fire out of him because sometimes I get a little annoyed with him because he's too loose. Like, you couldn't want to see him get a little bit annoyed. Like, you know, these fucking right. guys are, 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 are playing like dog shit, and he's joking about, you know, cute nicknames he has for the players and about suits that he's going to get from Duclair, his, his uncle in, in Montreal. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, come on. His uncle looks like, I want some suits. Game. We're all expecting some suits. I know. I mean, well, I mean, you know, the only, gonna, I don't know. Listen, it's all, you know, Rock. As long as they're winning and they're going far in the playoffs, we don't really care if he gets fired. Exactly. Right now. Well, exactly. What I, I about, but here's my thing with him: is that I want to see him address some of the annoying things that annoy the shit out of me and annoy the Ranger fan. Like with the Kreider thing, he's got to address that. He's got to say, "Listen, kid, you know what? You're sitting." If you do any more, you know, these shenanigans, you're sitting. That's it. You're sitting a couple shifts. You know, and we can't afford to lose you out there for this nonsense. And, uh, I, you know, with Benoit Pouliot last year, who Rick Carpinello, I give him a lot of credit, he calls any offensive zone penalty a, a Pouliot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <on> his block. <laughs> so, that was never addressed, and we still saw it in the playoffs. You got to nip this stuff in the bud. It's okay. It's all right. We we got you know we were dealing with freaking Hitler with uh, Tortellini. Yeah. Uh, you know. So now uh, you know it's okay. You could be a little bit volatile out there. You could yell and scream at a ref once in a while. But well, uh, like you said, when 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 uh, when you when you replace a coach with like a, a stern coach or or. A, then you replace them with the player's coach. It's kind of like how it is in every sport, right? You know, you yeah. got to – And it worked out it good. I mean, the Listen, fire no complaints with the way the guy's done. With the guy's done. Ah, Listen, no. I, I, that's all I can say. But I, like I said, you know, these, like these little spurts where they kind of fall off cliffs and you, you wonder where the hell they're going, 
you know, you like to see a little bit of fire every once in a while. That's the only thing I'll say. But as far as the job he's done, I, I'm not going to say anything. He got us to the Stanley Cup Finals, so you can't really say anything. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I just wanted to say, you know, the, the coach is more level-headed than we are. You know what I'm saying? We're flipping right. out, and, you know, that's why they're professionals and we're, you know, we're sitting here with ulcers watching this team. You know, they, they, they're going to be calmer than we are. And, uh, you know, so far, so good. I got no complaints. You, and I, I'll just leave you with this, Rock. You watch that game. You've got yeah. to admit, you have to admit, in your heart of hearts, you said, there is no way they're winning this game. Eddie, I would have bet my, I would have bet my left and right <laughs> nut on that game that that game was over. The way they played eight shots, 11, 11 shots through two periods with absolutely no offensive zone pressure, over. You were like, I've seen this script before. I've seen it you know, 50, 60 times. Rangers don't show up. Listless, like you said when you opened up the call. Right. And they won. So whatever he's doing is working. But now what he has to work with is diminished. And I and that's the problem is now the GM has to make some decisions, and uh, you know hopefully it's Jeff Gordon that makes those decisions. And it's not Michael. Co- <laughs> it's not Michael Cox so, for the next well, five thanks games. Thanks for the call. Right. That was good, man. Yes, gentlemen. Great show as always. I'll uh, I'll talk to you next week. Have a good night. Thanks, Rock. Take care. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Hello. All right. <clears throat> that's gonna wrap it up. Eddie, always a pleasure. Did we lose Eddie? Eddie, are you there? Hello? Can you hear me? Eddie, yeah. you can't hear me? There you are. I All can right. hear you now. Oh, okay. I don't know what happened there. I, I was talking, but apparently you couldn't hear me. Well, that'll wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Blue Shirt Radio. You can use the hashtag Blue Shirt Radio. Uh, follow us on Instagram, JRS1940. Find us on Facebook. We will see you guys next Tuesday night at 9 Eastern. Eddie, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for joining us in the chat room and on the podcast and all that good stuff. Good night. Good night, everybody.